Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. So on this week's episode, we're going to do two things. So the first thing is we're going to look at some NBA news involving some potential changes to the NBA tournaments in season and the playoffs and stuff. And then we're going to do our second installment of the uh, Extreme Makeover um, Atlantic Division um, is this week's episode. We did the Southwest last episode now it's the Atlantic division which is Boston Toronto New York Brooklyn Philly and so every team involved is going to have at least two trades um, and two trades to make their team significantly better or slightly better and then some teams might have more depending on how um, it turns out and so we will do that after so let's get started so um, there is talk in the NBA of potentially doing an in-season tournament where all 30 teams are involved, and if you win, you get $1 million. If you're a player, coach gets $1.5 million. And this is something that they've been throwing out um, as a potential maybe December, January tournament. Um, and so uh, what would go on is each team would play. Then they would kind of um, look at the schedule and look at the best teams, and then they would have the top eight teams uh, in a single elimination tournament. Um, and whoever wins would that team, those players would get the money. And so um, it would be something that is um, a good addition to the NBA, in my opinion. I think adding a midseason tournament makes sense. You have it in college football. You have it specifically in college basketball. It's during the beginning of the season. Teams will play in different tournaments, such as the Maui Invitational, such as um, I think there's a California Anaheim tournament. So there's different tournaments in um, America, and they have some tournaments in like islands. Um, different islands have tournaments. And so the NBA could try and do something like that. Um, and it seems like that's where they're going. Um, and. Uh, and so this is something that has potential, and they're going to try and vote on this. Um, you need two-thirds of NBA teams to agree for this to happen, and it would take place starting in the 2021-2022 season. And so um, that is something that is being proposed. They're also thinking of bringing the number of games down to about 78-79 from 82, um, and... Uh, that is a potential thing that's going to happen or could happen. I mean, in baseball, it's a long season, and people are trying to say we should bring the number of games down in baseball, and basketball is the same situation. And so I think maybe bringing the games down would help, but if you have this tournament, I don't know if it would really bring the games down depending on how far you go in it. So um, I think that's um, something that the NBA is going to look at there. There are always proposals for different ways to make the NBA better. And I've heard proposals about changing the playoff seating and how the playoffs are run. That's another big one that seems to come up every year. Um, and so they want to make the playoffs, These uh, whoever's uh, you know throwing this out there wants to make the playoffs based on ranking and rating and schedules, not based on eight in the East, eight in the West. So uh, in my opinion, I think that's potential for that. And so, in my opinion, I think if they were to make changes, this is how it, would, it should go. Uh, there's six different divisions, uh, three in the East, three in the West. So, I think the number one seed in the 
Eastern Conference, Atlantic Division, you know, the Southeast Division, the Central Division should all make it to the playoffs. And then in the West, you know, those three divisions should, um, one team should make it to the playoffs. So you have six teams, one from each division, and then the other 10 teams are just based on record. So the 10 best records left can make the playoffs, whether it's East, West, it doesn't matter. Now, I think this is a good way to do it because in each division, you have a race for the top. You have a chance to be the best team in that division and make the playoffs be a lock for the playoffs. So, you know, in the Atlantic division, for example, you have Toronto, who's good, Boston, who's good, and Philadelphia. So you'd have a race between those three teams for the top spot. And so it would make it interesting in the season. And then after that, you know, doing it based on standings makes sense because there are a lot of teams, especially in the West these days, that don't make the playoffs, but their record is better than most of the Eastern Conference. You know, you have teams who are the 9-10 seed in the West, and they could easily make the playoffs if they were Eastern Conference teams. And so making the other 10 teams based on your record, it makes sense. And so, you know, you're going to get to see the actual best 16 teams in the NBA, not just eight from the East, eight from the West, and then there are teams who are left out because there's just no room for them. So in this case, it would make all the teams in the NBA want to fight for a spot, and it wouldn't disharden teams who aren't the top eight in the East or the top eight in the West because there's a chance you could make the playoffs despite not being top eight. So you could be the nine seed in the West and still make it. So I think... In my opinion, that's the best way to do it if you're going to make changes because every team will fight within their division to be the top dog. And then you're also fighting with the rest of the NBA to try to make a playoff spot moving forward. So then the best record will be the number one seed and it'll go all the way down. So number one seed would play the 16 and it would go like that. So I think that's a way to do it. Uh better if you're looking to make changes because you'd have teams going at it in the division and then you'd have teams going at it for those last 10 playoff spots so I think that's definitely a possibility moving forward I think the NBA could you know use a change in scenery in that sense um, you know we saw in baseball the addition of a second wild card team where there is a play-in game so it's not you know just one wild card team they go into the playoffs it's now you have to face off against someone else to get there and you know that's a great change and so I think in sports making changes always helps because it gives you a chance to revitalize your system and try to get more fans in and try to make it more of a competitive situation and more of a money driven situation I think this is this would help the NBA and help its fans because now people have a reason to, you know, try for the playoffs, you know. There was, within the last few years, a movement for teams to tank and go for the top draft pick. And so they're making changes in the draft so that you don't always get the top draft pick if you're the worst team in the NBA. So now, with this, it might make those teams sort of, in the middle ground, make a push for the playoffs. So I think... Going from 8 in the East and 8 in the West to the best records and then having, you know, division, the top teams in each division make it is probably a better move because now it revitalizes the NBA. And so if you don't make it, 
then the next year you can try your best. And so you might see 10 teams come out of the Western Conference, which is fine. But then the next year, teams in the East will want to pursue big free agents or players in the draft so they can have a chance to make the playoffs. So I think it'll inhibit the NBA to be a better league because of it. So I'd be on board with doing something of that nature if they want to make changes to the way the playoffs are going to be. And so that is one situation that's been brought up by me. They've brought up a bunch of different situations based on, you know, seeding um, in the playoffs based on records and stuff. So this is always going to be a conversation until something actually happens. And, you know, a lot of people don't like change. And so especially in the NBA, um, there might not be a lot of people on board with making changes to the playoffs. But I think it could potentially be something that is beneficial for the league and for each team itself. And so I can't wait to see what they do. I can't wait to see if this in-game, in-season tournament actually comes to fruition. And we'll just have to watch uh, and move on and wait and see how it goes. So yeah, that is uh, that. Now moving on to Extreme Makeover Atlantic Division Edition. So um, last uh, episode we did the Extreme Makeover Southwest uh, Division, which includes the San Antonio Spurs and the Dallas Mavericks and those teams. And so we are now doing the Atlantic Division, which is the Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks, the Toronto Raptors, and the Philadelphia 76ers. And so, like I said earlier, I tried to find at least two trades for each team. And then I liked uh, a few other trades. Um, so some will actually have more than two trades, but most will have just two trades. Um, and so... I'm not going to say all of these are big moves, but what I will say is they work, in my opinion, and I think they're potentially moves that could make sense. Um, and so, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So we're going to start at the at the bottom here with Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is the only one that I had three trades for. Um, everyone else has uh, two, and so I decided to go ahead and do three for Philadelphia now. I'm going to state that all three of these trades are not big trades by any means. They are moves that help on the bench. And so Philadelphia is not going to trade any of their starters. They're just going to get bench help, which is what they need. So the first one here is Philadelphia trades Mike Scott in a 2021 second round draft pick from Denver for Jay Crowder. Now, Jay Crowder is better than Mike Scott. Jay Crowder plays small forward and power forward. He is a combo uh, forward. I think for uh, a team like Memphis, getting a second round pick is important because Jay Crowder is a free agent after this year, so he could sign anywhere. And so rather than paying him or rather than seeing him walk, you're getting uh, a second round draft pick and Mike Scott's more of a salary filler throw-in. So I think it works. I don't think Jay Crowder's value is super high. And for a team like Philadelphia that has so many second round draft picks, this could work in their favor. Now, moving on to the second trade here, um, this is with Washington, so uh, Raul Neto and Zaire Smith in a second round draft pick are going to uh, the Wizards for Davis Burton-Tan. So, Davis Burton-Tan is actually having a good season, despite Washington not being the greatest team, and I think his talents are more suited on a playoff team like Philadelphia. And so, getting rid of Zaire Smith, who hasn't turned out to be the best player, and getting rid of Raul Neto just because you have to throw in salary makes a ton of sense. 
And for Washington, getting a second-round pick, it's it works. And a guy like Burton Tans isn't going to be your long-term option. Why not get something you can use in the future? Then we have this next one here with Memphis again. And it is uh, Jonah Bolden, a 2022 second-round draft pick from Toronto and a 2024 second-round draft pick from Miami. Uh, for Dylan Brooks. So this season, he is actually averaging 14 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. And so he would be a great guy to have off the bench as a shooting guard, small forward wing. Um, and what you'd be giving up is Jonah Bolden, who doesn't fit into your plans. And two second round draft picks, which Memphis would be already getting a second round pick in the Mike Scott, Jay Crowder deal. Then they'd be getting two more second round draft picks. That's a pretty good haul for, you know... Dylan Brooks, um, who may not fit in the plans for Memphis. I mean, he is a 23-year-old. He's still young. But I think he'd have more success with Philadelphia, especially seeing as Josh Richardson has been injured for a portion of the season. So he would be more of a security blanket if Richardson were to miss more games. So Philadelphia, this is a good deal. All of these deals work, in my opinion, for Philadelphia. And I think they'd definitely be something to watch. Um, so that is the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, next, Toronto Raptors. So this one uh, is actually going to uh, be beneficial for both sides, the first trade. The second trade is more of a um, smaller deal. So we have Serge Ibaka, OG, Ananobe, and, that, uh, and Norman Powell for Thaddeus Young, Chris Dunn, and Otto Porter Jr. So... Thaddeus Young isn't happy in Chicago. Playing for a playoff team makes a lot more sense. Um, Chris Dunn is a backup point guard and has been rising in his stock. Otto Porter Jr. is much better than OG Ananobe. Um, and then for the side of um, the Chicago Bulls, you get Ananobe, who's young, who's talented. I mean, he has his injury history, but you can work with that. Powell's a throw-in. He's a shooting guard, and so... Getting rid of Dunn, who's a point guard, makes more sense because you have so many point guards already. And then getting Serge Ibaka is great because he can help Wendell Carter and he can help, um, you know, all of the the big men, Laurie Markadon, kind of hone in on their game because he knows what it's like to be a big man and he's been successful at it. So for a one-year contract, it's a pretty good situation. And so you'd get rid of Thaddeus Young's contract and... You know, I think it would work out. So um, that is the first trade. The second trade involves San Antonio. So the San Antonio Spurs would get Pat McCaw in a 2023 uh, second round draft pick for Marco Bellinelli. And this is more just giving them shooting off the bench. And I don't think Bellinelli has high value. And I think for Toronto, getting him would help. And he's not going to get you 20 points a game, but he's a sniper from three and if that's what you need him for that really works because Danny Green filled that role but Danny Green is now in Los Angeles so this gives you someone who is a little bit more of a three-point shooter than what you have so again this trade isn't a big one for Toronto for sure but I think it works moving on to the uh, New York uh, Knicks here so we got two trades um, first one is Marcus Morris and Reggie Bullock for Kent Bazemore, Gary Trent Jr., and a second-round draft pick in 2022. Now, Marcus Morris is the best player in this deal, hands down. He can get you 15 a night without question. 
He is a good power forward. He can play um, the starting role next to Nurkic, Hassan Whiteside, etc. And I think it's a good trade. You know, Bullock's a good three-point shooter off the bench. Uh, Kent Bazemore doesn't really fit. I mean, Gary Trent Jr., you don't really need him. And a second-round pick doesn't matter. So getting a guy like Marcus Morris helps you for a push potentially in the playoffs. And so that's a good deal. I think it works. I think it makes sense. And so that's trade number one. We then have this second trade here, which is a three-team trade. It's a lot bigger, a lot more going on here. So the New York Knicks would get Jeff Teague, Gorgie Dang, two second-round draft picks from Minnesota, and Josh Okogi. And then the Timberwolves would get Willie Cauley-Stein, Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell. And the Warriors would get Robert Covington, Wayne Ellington, Efford Payton, and two future first-round draft picks from, uh, I believe, uh, Minnesota. Um, so why would everyone want to get involved? Obviously, the Knicks get rid of cap space with Teague's expiring contract. Second-round draft picks don't hurt. And Josh Okogie is a good young shooting guard. Um what you're giving up is Julius Randle, Wayne Ellington, Efford Payton. I mean, Julius Randle is the only one that actually um, provides you any value. Um, and the other two don't, are just role players. The Timberwolves obviously get Russell, who's a great point guard. They get Julius Randle, who can play with Carl uh, Anthony Towns. And then the Warriors get a backup point guard in Payton. They get a starting small forward in Robert Covington. Wayne Ellington gives them some veteran shooting. And two first-round draft picks don't hurt at all. So, yes, you're giving up D'Angelo Russell, but I think that works. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good three-team trade. Moving on to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and so this is um first one involving um, the Pelicans. So Torian Prince and Karius Levert are getting traded to the Pelicans for J.J. Redick. Now, Redick is a shooter. Redick wants to play for a playoff team. And New Orleans is not a playoff team yet. And so he's got two years on his deal. I mean, Karius Levert, you're going to have to pay at some point. Torian Prince, um, he's a good role player. And so if Karius Levert can stay healthy, it's really worth it for the Pelicans. And for Brooklyn, they're getting a great shooter in J.J. Redick who would play nicely alongside Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Then we have the second trade here, um, which is Spencer Dimwitty, Garrett Temple, a second-round draft pick in 2020, a second-round draft pick in 2021 for Zach Levine. So I think if Chicago really wants a good point guard and they feel Kobe White is more of a shooting guard, which is where he's been playing, then Dimwitty is the right choice. He is uh, someone who could get you 18 points a night as a starter. Getting two second-round draft picks doesn't hurt. Zach Levine is a great shooting guard, and I think he fits better in um, in uh, Brooklyn. And so you compare him with Kyrie Irving and Durant, and so I think that's a great deal for both sides. And I think if um, Chicago is interested, I think it makes a lot of sense. And Dimwitty is still young, and I think it'll work. Moving on to the final team in the Atlantic Division, the Boston Celtics here. And so let's get into their two trades. So the first one is kind of a role-player swap. So 
The Celtics would get Jake Lehman, Noah Vonley, and Narlands Noel. The Timberwolves would get uh, Romeo Langford and Robert Williams. And the Thunder would get Vincent Poirier in a 2020 second round draft pick from Brooklyn. Now, I'd like to point out Narlands Noel has a no trade clause, but he's a Boston guy. He's a Massachusetts guy. He'd probably get rid of that no trade clause to go to the Celtics. And he'd actually be their starting center. I think Narlands Noel would be better than Daniel Tice and Ennis Cantor, for sure. And so. Getting Noel as a rim protector, a blocker, you know, a guy on defense would be the awesome addition to your roster. He can play uh, center, and you're not really giving up that much. Um, Romeo Langford potentially doesn't really fit if they have Jalen Brown long-term and Marcus Smart. You know, Robert Williams is okay, but Noel's better. Vincent Poirier doesn't really fit in a second-round draft pick. Eh, that's all right. So... The Celtics are also getting Noah Vonley, um, who is a good power forward off the bench. And you're getting Jake Lehman, who's a good small forward off the bench. So you're getting help on the bench. You have Grant Williams. Now you have Noah Vonley as power forwards. It can give you some more lineups to, tr to try out. You know, you can put Tatum at the five, or sorry, Tatum at the four. You can put Vonley at the four. You can put Grant Williams at the four. And so I think that's, you know, a good trade on all sides. Um, and I think for the Thunder, getting a second-round draft pick for a guy in Noel who doesn't really fit your timeline, it works. Um, so there's that. Then we have a big trade here. Um, this one involves uh, Drew Holiday. So I originally had Bradley Beal involved, but for, um, I guess, Bradley Beal to get traded... Uh, I think Washington would have to really give up on their season. And I don't really think they're there yet. And I think Washington is hesitant to trade Bradley Beal despite um, him probably not wanting to be there anymore. So Drew Holiday's name has been thrown around. And so we're going to put Holiday in this deal instead. So the deal is basically this simple uh, trade. So Drew Holiday goes to the Celtics for Gordon Hayward and a Milwaukee Bucks first round draft pick unprotected on their end. And a future first-round draft pick from the Boston Celtics in 2022, uh, top 15 protected. So the Celtics would keep that Memphis draft pick. Um, they would be trading two first-round draft picks and Gordon Hayward, who's having a pretty good season. And you can get rid of Hayward after this year because he's got a player option. For Holiday, he is a nice addition at shooting guard. You could move Jalen Brown to the small forward, and you know he could you know, fill in the Gordon Hayward role while Holiday fills in at shooting guard. And I think you could also put uh, Holiday at point guard when Kemba Walker's on the bench. You could have a Marcus Smart Holiday backcourt at times. You could have Jalen Brown and uh, Holiday in the backcourt at times. And so for the Celtics, getting Drew Holiday is a pretty good, you know, trade. You know, it gives you Tatum, Brown, and Kemba, and Drew Holiday. That is very, very good. If all four of those guys are in your starting lineup, that's a good mix. And so I think Holiday is a good addition for the Celtics. I think Bradley Beal is not available, so I think Holiday is, you know, a great choice. So for the Celtics, getting him, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And imagine getting Noel, Vonley, Lehman, and then going out and getting Drew Holiday. You know, you'd have a very, very good team, and you'd be rivaling the best in the East and rivaling the best in the West. So, you know, that's uh, the Celtics, um, and that's what they could potentially do moving forward. 
So, um, next week uh, on our podcast, we're going to do the Extreme Makeover Pacific Division, which includes the Clippers and the Lakers, and it also includes um, Phoenix and Sacramento. Um, And so, that uh, division will get uh, a look next week. Uh, We'll try to get, uh, like in this one, two trades for each team. Um, again, some teams might not be inclined to make trades, nor do they have players needed to make trades, but I think, uh, we'll look at that next week, um, and see what they can do. And so that's going to do it for this week's episode. Tune in to the next episode, um, and more news, more NBA topics and podcasts. And who knows, by the next one, we might have an NBA trade and there could be a chance for, um, someone to finally get moved. It's still... Uh, still been since the Russell Westbrook trade that we haven't seen anyone get uh, dealt, which is very unlikely for the NBA. But we'll see how it is, and maybe next week I'll have something to talk about involving any trades. So that's going to do it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast, and catch you for the next.